Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you. I am in the studio with Pastor Craig Jarvis. Yo, good to see you. Yo, yo. All right, we are answering this week a new question every single day after Easter about the resurrection. So here's the question for today. Is believing in the resurrection optional for Christians? Oh, that's my cue. That's your cue. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yes, moving right along. Uh, it is It is necessary for several reasons. The biggest one is because it is the climax of the gospel story. It is it is a climax of history that this, uh, this death and resurrection of Jesus three days later took place in real time. Um, Paul reiterated that in the New Testament. It was prophesied in the Old Testament. His crucifixion was prophesied uh, numerous times. Jesus taught about it. He said, if you tear down this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. Jesus bragged that he was going to raise in three days. I mean, th- all of these things happened because they were all pointing toward this death and resurrection. Even the feasts and the festivals of the Old Testament had an aspect of the death and resurrection of Jesus attached to them that were fulfilled in his resurrection uh, from the dead. Um, and as we've already discussed in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, it talks about if Jesus is not raised, then we're not raised from the dead either. So it is necessary that we believe in that. One of my favorite verses is Romans 10 uh, and verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there's a, there's an aspect that uh, in order for us to really grab a hold of our salvation, we have to believe in this with our heart. That's a, That's all in. So if somebody comes to you and says, listen, I love the morality of Jesus, the altruism. Uh, I, I even believe that I need someone to pay the price for my sins. Like I've done something wrong. and um, But I just, the whole resurrection thing, that's a little too far for me. Um, what would you say to them? I, I would say it's, uh, the death of somebody on your behalf is a good thing, but it's not enough. You have to have a perfect person, a perfect, perfect sacrifice. And in Jesus' case, you had to have the perfect sacrifice, this holy blood that was shed to cover our sins. And then the resurrection was really, in in a sense, a demonstration to us that that action did what it was meant to do. So the resurrection doesn't necessarily clinch our salvation. The death on the cross clinches it. The resurrection was more so so that we would understand it has been finished. It is completed. Um, and he is the victor over death, grave, and our sin. Jesus rose from the dead really to demonstrate to us that, that he has the authority from God, that he has uh, the, the, um, the admiration of the Father, mm. uh, that he has the approval that this sacrifice did what it was meant to do. If you think about it, I mean, when Jesus rose from the dead, how many things did he do to show us he was actually human again? He could have just went to heaven and called it good, and, yeah. and that's fine, and we, and we would have still been saved from our sins, but his resurrection, that was demonstrative of the fact that he beat it. He yep. beat sin in the grave. In fact, the Bi- that's why the Bible calls him the first fruits of those who die, is because when he rose from the dead, his resurrection validates the truth that if he rose, we will rise someday. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, like we said before, Lazarus rose, but then he died. (laughs) He died again. Poor guy. You know, all the people that were raised in the Old Testament, they rose from the dead, but then they died again. Jesus is the only one who rose and never died again. And because of that, he's called the first fruits Mm. of those who die in Jesus Christ. And he went to all, I mean, he stuck around for 50 days afterwards. He he appeared to over 500 people at one time and, Mm. and hundreds and hundreds of other people. Uh, he had breakfast. He said to his disciples, they couldn't believe it. They thought he was an apparition. They said he literally invited them in John 21 and verse 13. He, he, he gave bread to them and ate with them. And then he invited them in, in Luke 24, verse 39. He said, behold, my hands and my feet reach out, touch me and see. So he is, he is showing us by handing us objects, by eating, by by asking people to touch him, that he is not an apparition. He has bodily risen from the dead and left us an empty tomb that nobody can explain. Yeah, for every one of his followers, uh, every gospel writer, the resurrection for them is a non-negotiable. And so and for Jesus, I think what you just highlighted is so valuable is that it was important to him. If you are going to claim my name, my resurrection is essential. And then all of the all the gospel writers, the writers of the New Testament, I mean, over and over and over again, they mark the resurrection as the essential distinction. Uh, you have to believe in it. And so uh, let's say somebody came up to you and they said, uh, listen, I am a Christian, but I don't believe in the resurrection. Craig, do you think I'm going to go to heaven? I would say that heresy was dealt with a long time ago. Yeah, actually, the church, we're, we're not. We're, it's funny because sometimes people think, like, who are you to say that? I'm like, um, 2,000 years of church yeah. history, there's a pretty good track record yeah. uh, validating. Yeah, like, know? there's no new idea under yeah. the sun. And like, so people have thought of this before. And uh, these these church fathers that gave their lives to, yeah. to debate these things have dealt with all of these questions before. Docetism was one of the gr- biggest heresies to come up because it said that he rose in spirit, but he didn't, he didn't raise in body form. Mm. In fact, it comes from, um, docus in the Greek, which means to seem, it seemed like Mm. he had risen from the dead and that, that actually bred Gnosticism because it said that the flesh is bad, but the spirit is good. So the flesh can't be resurrected because the flesh is bad, but the spirit is good. So we only rise in spirit. That, that has been dealt with by the church. Um, you can read church history on that. Uh, St. Ignatius fought about this big time. Later on, Iranian, uh, Irenaeus and Tertullian both took this on. And then a bunch of other different um, mystical ideas came out to try and explain this. Because to deal with somebody that raises from the dead and is never going to die again is a huge uh, a huge differentiation from what we're used to in this yeah. life. But the fact of the matter is, this is the miracle that Jesus did to demonstrate to us, if he rose from the dead, we physically rise from the dead someday too. And that's what we hang on to as Christians. Yeah, it's funny. The three biggest, uh, we'll call it versions of Christianity globally is going to be Roman Catholics, Orthodox, and Protestant. And what, what do they all share? An absolute, firm, total conviction in the historical bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Even the Sadducees in Jesus' day did yeah. not believe in a physical resurrection. They only believed in the spiritual. I mean, when Paul was on Mars Hill, yeah. when he talked to them, they thought, oh, this is an intellectual guy. This We can listen to him. He's yeah. really trained. But the Bible says when he got to talking about the resurrection of the dead, <laughs> they shut down. Yep. It's, I also appreciate that Jesus theologically lined up with the Pharisees. He was not a Sadducee. He was a theological Pharisee. And he would say, Listen to what they teach you, but just don't do the things they do. They're complete hypocrites. Um, But this idea that the Pharisees had a confidence in a resurrection of the dead, that was actually one of their theological distinctives as 
a group of theologians in the first century. And so Jesus lined up theologically um, with the Pharisees on multiple levels. He just thought they were despicable people who were greedy and you and took advantage that. of the people, yep, yep. especially the poorest. Um, so we get to the, is the resurrection an essential? Do I have to believe it as an optional? Like you, you have to believe it. In fact, historically, you, you cannot use the name Christian if you reject it. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think there is a, um, uh, just a notion, uh, a buffet approach to spiritual spirituality, you know? Yeah. And, Virgin birth, I'll take that. Yeah. Resurrection, I'm not going to take that. Right. You know, and, <laughs> and um, unfortunately, culture permits that, but mm. God doesn't. Nope. And if the word of God testifies clearly to it, then we actually don't have an option to not believe it. We don't get to pick and choose. And, and I know that's hard for a lot of people because when they come to Christ, it's very hard for them to have this mindset where they say, okay, my worldview, what I thought was true, my morality, I am actually going to put it all to the side and I'm going to adopt Jesus's worldview and Jesus's morality and Jesus's ethical code. That's surrender. It's gut-wrenching mm. because Jesus lived 2,000 years ago in a different context and culture than American culture. The two are actually pretty opposed to each other at their core values. And this is this is why it is so challenging for some to surrender their minds to Christ because Jesus doesn't think like an American. Mm. He has a different value set than the inherent American value set. Um, and so when we look at this and we're like, listen, I know that the idea of the miraculous, it's very hard for the Westerner. I get that. Um, but if God made you, mm. he can raise Jesus from the dead. So true. And the problem for us is we want proof. It's we got to have proof. And, and to be honest with, with everybody that's listening, if you do it, if you did an honest search in the, the evidences of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the harder proof to prove would be that he did not raise from the dead. Yep. There's way too much evidence. Um, Time magazine in uh, December of 1999 declared Jesus to be the man of the millennium. Uh, there's only one thing that gets you to be the man of the millennium 2000 years after your death. Mm -hmm. And that is you've got to pull off a miracle that changes the world and doesn't die. Mm -hmm. All right, that brings us to our next question, which is, is the resurrection historically verifiable? I want to invite you back, Pastor Craig and I are gonna go after that tomorrow.